The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 1st of May, 2021. I'm your host, Bad Billy. Great show planned for you today. Packed show. In just a little bit, you're going to hear the interview that I conducted with Colby Keeling out of Texas. Yes, and he'll be at Highway 30 this year. So him and I had a very, very good chat. Later on, second hour, you're going to hear the interview that I conducted with Luis Valdez of Gun Owners of America, and uh, we have a have an interesting conversation there, then a bit of a surprise at the end. Before I get to all that, I want to cue one of the latest singles from Colby Keeling. This is Wild As Her. Be right back with the interview right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. In her arms like a feather in a Tennessee wind A seesaw breeze will bring her to life And all the mother boys say She's a goodbye girl She's a regular world Leave before the morning sun But here she is Free laying next to me Cause I ain't trying to tame her I keep the windows down And the winter air Keep her heart hanging on Sings out loud when we're burning it down. 
thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there worth more than you. And I'm not talking about money. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. You can lead a horse to water, but Sarah Jessica Parker prefers gin and tonic. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, please have a seat as we review your Hofax. Your voice is the strongest weapon. What you believe is the source. The power to speak out has the power to reach out. Freedom of speech gives you the right to express yourself. Without freedom of speech, there is little freedom at all. It is your right to stand up for what you believe in and to take action. Through speech, media, or social groups, you can make a difference. How will you make an impact with freedom of speech? This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation and the Broadcast Education Association. First, there was Cranked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. 
Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no. Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Wild is Heard by Colby Keeling out of Texas, and it is my pleasure to welcome Colby to the show. Colby, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Billy. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. Thank you very much for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for those who are not familiar with Colby Keeling, uh, first off, why don't you uh, give a little background to the listeners a bit about yourself and about your music? Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from uh, Lufkin, Texas. That's where I grew up, so I'm a Texas boy. Uh, I currently live uh, in... I've been playing music for, gosh, the past 10 years of my life, really, and... Uh, kind of one thing at a time playing guitar and then writing songs and putting a band together and then recording songs and playing live shows. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for a little while now and, uh, I've put out a few records and got another record that's going to be on the way soon. So, uh, yeah, just, uh, based out of Texas and, and, uh, kind of been touring Texas the past few years and, and working hard at it. Yeah. According to, uh, one, uh, article or very short article or bio that I have pulled up here. It says a native of Lufkin, Texas country singer songwriter Colby Keeling has been singing from a young age. How old were you when you started? Well, uh, there are videos of me when I was like four or five years old, like in kindergarten, uh, singing in a school play, but you know, really what until I got to high school college that I kind of took it in a more serious note and started playing guitar and, and playing in bars and clubs in front of people. So I guess I've been singing all my life, but really uh, in a real music fashion kind of since uh, high school. Now, according to this bio here, it says that uh, you attended uh, Texas A&M. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I'm a graduate of Texas A&M University. And uh, yeah, it's when I, where I went to college. All right, all right. If you don't mind me asking, what was, uh, what was your major there? If, if singing didn't work out for you, what were you going to fall back on? Well, I mean, still trying to chase the music dream. I've got a full-time job, actually, which uh, I credit Texas A&M for giving me a good degree to have a full-time job. But uh, my, uh, my major was, uh, I was a business major, business supply chain management, and now I do uh, sales for a chemical company and uh, helps pay the bills while I'm still trying to make the music thing a full-time deal absolutely absolutely and uh it seems like uh you know from uh things have just changed so much i'm i'm talking like uh, from the 80s and 90s you know here we are in the digital age where you you know you wouldn't have to go to new york or la or even nashville to uh, get to get recognition of course um you know you just you have the internet you you record and uh 
MP3 file or a, or a WAV file, whatever, and uh, get your sound out there. And it's made some things easier, and it's definitely made some things more difficult too. So, but uh, yeah, I'll go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's definitely. I, I kind of with your point there. It's there's uh, it's definitely a lot more people you're competing against to, just to be heard. Uh, here in the digital age, anybody can, you know, put up music on Spotify and iTunes. So, uh, sometimes you can kind of get lost in the weeds of things, but, uh, you know, as long as you're out there trying to make the best music you can, it, uh, that helps. And so we, uh, I've been making my records out in Nashville with great musicians and, and trying to put out the best product possible to, uh, stand out among the rest of them. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I stated this many times before is when I first started the show, I was actually living up in uh, Northeast Ohio and, uh, whereas, uh, you know, I don't miss the weather out there at all. I mean, <laughs> the winter, the winter time was, <laughs> was terribly brutal because I was right on the shores of Lake, Lake Erie and got some of the worst snowstorms I ever seen. But, uh, what I, what I do miss about that area, we're talking that, uh, Northern Midwest area from probably from uh, Iowa all the way to uh, Western Pennsylvania was uh, the local music scenes very rich out there, you know, whether, whatever the genre may be, rock, metal, country, even, even rap out there. It was just a gold mine of talent. And I know that's no different in Texas considering of course, Texas, I, I swear. I mean, I took a trip myself uh, driving across Texas from Texarkana to El Paso before I finally left the state, which seemed to take forever. So, you know, that wide range there and, and many places, I know there's a lot of talent out there as well. Oh, yeah. Texas is just a, a huge scene. It's a scene of its own. And, uh, you know, across the nation, everybody knows about Texas and Texas music and the artists that have come out of Texas and um, just the, the high caliber and quality of, of musicians and artists that are from here. Um, but, uh, yeah, what you're saying earlier, kind of where you're from, I've never made it up there. Uh, I hope I do someday, but, uh, I bet there's a lot of great mm -hmm. talent up there as well. I only lived up, up there. I can't say I'm, I'm originally from that area. I'm, being back in Idaho now is where I'm originally from. And I do have to ask, you'll be at, uh, highway 30 coming up, uh, here soon in the next couple of months. Will, uh, this be your first trip out this way? Yes, this will be my first trip to the great state of Idaho, and I am super excited to uh, be a part be a part of this. Um, uh, Gordy, uh, I love Gordy. He just he feels like a brother to me now, family. Um, but uh, and we've barely known each other, but um, I'm super excited to come to Idaho. I think it's going to be a beautiful time of year. Um, the lineup for this year at Highway Thirty Fest is amazing. So. Not only am I excited to play, I'm actually excited to get to watch some of the other acts perform as well. So uh, we're ready to make the journey, and we can't wait to be up there in uh, late June. Yes, yes. And getting back to what we were talking about, too, is the talent in Texas, you know. I mean, I, and I've had um, some of the some of the guys that are uh, – some of the people that are going to be performing. I've, I mean, I've uh, talked to Jade Marie Patek, uh, um, Austin English, um, and just to name a couple right there. So I know that it seems like Gordy's really, really uh, taking a look at what uh, the, the Texas local scene has to offer. And he's been, he's been bringing a, um, 
a lot of talent uh, out this way, and so, which can only be much more appreciated. Yeah, I, shoot, last time I checked the lineup, uh, I think a third of it or almost, maybe even a half of it is uh, a lot of people from Texas. But, uh, yeah, I definitely know Jade and Austin English, and they're both very talented people. And uh, that's cool that uh, Gordy has shown appreciation towards uh, what the state of Texas has to offer musically. And uh, I think we're all proud to be a part of his festival up in Idaho for sure. Yeah, I know he's been taking several trips uh, to Texas and uh, – I don't. I know that he's got a daytime job, and I think he's conducting. Uh, you know, he's making business trips. But I think uh, when he goes out there too, is he he's scoping out the talent, see who he's going to recruit for his next show. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I've been watching him. He's been uh, been here a lot recently uh, through social media. I can see he's been making a few trips down. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of grit down here, and a lot of artists that just are, are hungry to. Uh, especially now uh, that things are opening back up where you just get out there and play really any, any good show and festival we possibly can. Yes. Yes. Which, uh, you know, I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about that too, is uh, obviously COVID put such a damper on everything last year. And, uh, but luckily we were still able to have highway 30 music fest and uh, it was a great success. And I can tell you, um, Despite the criticism that uh, Gordy went under, uh, him and uh, and and what, uh, one of the other artists now, normally I can't I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh, so you know the the criticism that was all over the media is that Gordy only cares about his pocketbook. He doesn't care about his his uh, fans or the people that att- attend uh, the his events, you know, and because uh, there it was planned social distancing. There was hand sanitizers everywhere, um, but once some of the main acts hit the stage, uh, you know, social distancing went right out the window, and people were crowding up there close to the stage and all that, and so that's where the criticism came from. But uh, you know how many c- confirmed cases of COVID came from Highway 30? I don't. Zero. <laughs> that's amazing, and I stand behind Gordy on that. That's yeah. uh uh, I, I, we needed it. I mean, to, for him to, to kind of be a, I don't know what the right term is, but to be a, uh, to, to kind of stand alone, I guess, and, and still put on a festival during what happened last year. And I guess what's yeah. still kind of going on, but, uh, I respect him a lot for that. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's the, the right move, the perfect move. I think, uh, I'm, I'm glad the festival went on as planned. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I think it was fine, and I, I'm glad that he uh, went went ahead with it. And shoot, I wish I could have been a part of the festival last year, of course. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't have any fear myself, and I'm super excited to be there this year. So I hope we're all shoulder shoulder packed in, having a good time, and uh, drinking a lot of beers. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, you know. Uh, as far as as far as the whole the whole thing went too, you know, um, I mean, I later caught COVID uh, probably what two months later after Highway Thirty, and I got to tell you, I've been sicker than that before. I can't speak for other people because I know uh, there are some other people that haven't fared as well, and I do I do acknowledge that. Um, but I I got to ask you because of all this, how how many gigs have you had in the past year and a half because of all this? Oh gosh, uh, you know it. 
I think so. For example, uh, the March, our first show this year uh, was March 27th of this year, full band. So before that, we had a few private shows last year because private shows were, of course, still happening and kind of by their own rules. But last year, it seemed like we would have a festival or a show scheduled, um, you know, July, August, September of last year, for example. And it just seems like every, like a few days right before each one of those shows, we'd be excited to play it, look like it's about to happen, and all of a sudden it would be canceled just because, you know, maybe cases flared up or just, you know, somebody had an opinion about it. I don't know. But it uh, last year definitely took a lot of shows away from us. I, I, I'm willing to bet we lost, you know, uh, at least 15 or 20 shows uh, last year, later part of summer and into the fall of 2020. So it sucked pretty bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of a, a shitty deal. But uh, still trying to get back on it now, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're still, you know, like I say, you know, I have no doubts in my mind that, uh, you know, since I've had COVID that it, it is it is a – a real epidemic. I think, um, you know, I don't really want to get political because uh, I have other guests that I talk uh, all that with, but, uh, you know, I think epidemic was more the correct word than, than pandemic, of course, you know, and that's, I have my reasons for saying that. But I do have to ask you once, uh, governor Abbott said, uh, it's time to open things up. What was your overall reaction? Oh, I was, uh, I mean, I was happy. I, I I was behind that as well. I mean, uh, from what I've seen and heard, statistic-wise, our numbers are actually going down compared to other places that are still shut down. So, um, you know, I think just the best thing for people is, is being healthy, being in shape, and getting lots of sunshine and being out there and doing things. And, um, you know, I, I had COVID myself in January. Um, and back to... Uh, you know, our shows, we had our first, our actual first, uh, show of the year scheduled, uh, with William Clark Green, um, at, uh, Hurricane Harry's in College Station, Texas on a Saturday, late January, I can't remember the exact date. And a few days before it, I got COVID, so I had to miss it. Um, but it put me down for just a few days and, you know, kind of like you said, it wasn't the worst thing I experienced either, but it, it's just a strange and weird deal, man. I, I know it affects people differently and, uh, you know, um, I pray and, 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 you know, hope the best for the people that, uh, have had it worse than, than others. But, uh, overall, I think we just need to, to get back to, to doing what we're doing and, and, and be normal and, and be together. Cause I think, uh, kind of the, uh, opposite of that, as far as, uh, social distancing and not being able to open fully and do things normally are probably causing a lot worse issues than, uh, than uh, just the risk of catching COVID itself. You know, it's really interesting that uh, you said how how uh, cases are going down, and I I I believe you one hundred percent because here I am in, in the Twin Falls area. We do not have a mask mandate or anything like that. Our cases have gone down, whereas uh, just a hundred and twenty miles west of us in Boise, where they they have the strict uh, mask mandates and they have the social distancing mandates and all that, uh, their cases still keep going up. So, so something's not right there, you know? Yeah, something strange. Uh, 
I'm, I'm no scientist, no doctor, but, uh, you know, I guess, like I said a second ago, just doing the normal thing and being, trying to take care of yourself. And I, I, I don't know, a part of me just, I think wearing a mask sometimes can just be worse having a mask on your face all day, but you know, don't take my opinion or, or anything for, you know, seriously, but, uh, I, I just, you know, breathing in God's air and being healthy. And I think it's the best way you can, uh, take care of yourself. You know, I have to, I have to agree with you 100% there. I mean, I've, I've got my opinions on, on masks and, uh, some, some of the things have, have gotten me into arguments and troubles, but I, I agree. You know, I think, I think it's silly. In fact, uh, I can't discredit those masks 100% because, you know, my wife likes to foster kittens. And when it comes to changing the litter box, those uh, masks come in very handy. Other than that, they're completely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. Yeah, yeah. It might, might be okay to have a mask on when you're uh, changing the, uh, the kitty litter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so... So uh, lis- listening to you, I really, sometimes I listen to somebody and I can uh, try, try to figure out a little bit who the influences are in their music, but I can't really uh, pinpoint anything um, when I listen to you up. So who would you say are your main influences? Well, I think what really got me started in music and kind of mm-hmm. made me want to get on stage and perform in front of people and and just play live music and put and write good songs like... Uh, the Eli Young Band was huge for me when they, you know, kind of in the late 2000s, early 2010s, when uh, they were doing, they were pretty big. Uh, Eric Church was a huge, huge factor for me. I just, I love his poise and kind of his, his seriousness about everything. And also Miranda Lambert and Jason Aldean and, uh, you know, and then a lot of guys here in the Texas scene like Randy, Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen, um, kind of growing up and going to their shows and, um, List, you know how they recorded and wrote music and the stuff they're putting out. They're 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 probably my biggest influences. All those people I just mentioned, as far as in, in the mm-hmm. kind of more of the country world, and you know, also grew up a little bit on the rock side too. I like Matchbox Twenty and Three Doors Down, and um, so uh, Tom Petty, Merle Haggard, uh, all those are kind of influences of mine, and uh, has kind of shaped a little bit of I think what my music is now. And even now, I'm still trying to figure out you know what my sound is and and what works best for me and uh kind of what my whole brand and everything is too so that's still a work in progress and um but definitely all those people that i I grew up listening to and still listen to today and that i go see live and always study their shows and take notes from their shows on how they do things have definitely been a big factor on uh how i do things and how i write music and how i want to perform a show you know when just uh, thinking about that too is just when uh, you think you've fully evolved and then you just find something new each time. So, so I mean that that's the way it always works. I mean, uh, the, you know, there there are people uh, that up to their fifties or seventies. I think uh, you, you they may have fully evolved in whatever craft they're in, and they just find something else to make it just a little bit better. There's something they're a little bit more impressed with too. So. And I, I like the fact too that I think a good artist, you know, looks looks at uh, the whole playing field, not just uh, not just one genre, and t- takes influence from a, 
a little bit of it all too. And to be, to be a, a full-fledged artist, uh, you know, you need to, I think you need to look at, uh, look at the whole picture and see what you can take from it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just, every record I put out, I try to make it better than the last one. And, um, you know, taking all in a lot of different genres and, uh, writing styles and, um, kind of pushing the boundaries of my music. That's definitely what I aim to do every time. And just hopefully something that, uh, you know, fans and people can relate to first of all, and, and, uh, put good content out and something that they'll enjoy. Yes. Yes. Now I, I got to ask you with Texas being such a big place, <laughs> Like I said, it seemed to take forever just to get from uh, Texarkana to El Paso, that, that long stretch. Um, well, what uh, area is uh, Lufkin in exactly? Well, first off, I'm impressed you made that drive. Uh, <laughs> Texarkana to El Paso is no joke. You uh, definitely went from uh, point A to point B there doing that. That's uh, Man, that's a haul. But uh, Lufkin, Texas is uh, deep east Texas. It's about an hour and a half, two hours northeast of Houston. Um, it's pretty close to the Louisiana border. So it's uh, kind of that region of Texas. is. Uh, there's a couple of national forests out there. So it's it's, it's deep in the, uh, they call it the Piney Woods. A lot of tall pine trees, uh, pretty big thicket area of woods and uh, grasslands too. But uh, swamps and lakes, they're all out there. But uh, it's kind of the middle of nowhere, to be honest. And uh, so Lufkin, it's. It's kind of got a small town vibe to it, but uh, it's definitely grown a lot and still growing. But um, it's kind of like a big little town, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Lufkin for you, and that's that's where I grew up. Hey, I grew up in a town uh, twenty miles north of Boise of seven hundred people. So <laughs> oh wow! So I mean, now that's a real small town, that or a community, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it, a village. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Lufkin, I think Lufkin, when I was growing up there, it, it had a, you know, it, it has smaller towns outside of it, uh, several towns to be exact, probably four or five. Um, so, I mean, it probably had a total population anywhere, 28 to 30,000 people. Um, but it's just, it's still kind of out there on its own. You know, it's not like a big city metro area by any means. And, uh, so it, it's easier to kind of get around in Lufkin and it just, it, it definitely had a small town vibe to it growing up, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand what you're saying too. Of course, um, me coming from a much smaller place, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, there, there's, uh, advantages, disadvantages to both. If you ask me, um, but overall, it, it's the place I'm, I'm always going to call home, of course. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, actually this, this year. I mean, for the first time in almost 30 years, I've decided I'm going to start hunting again. So and I'm, I'm going to go back home to do that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, nice. I, uh, I love hunting myself. Uh, I do a little bit of whitetail hunting and hog hunting and uh, some bird, dove, and duck hunting down here in Texas when I get a chance. Uh, but probably up there in Idaho, y'all have a, a pretty uh, spectacular uh, variety of game to hunt up there. Oh, well, we got uh, we got elk, we got we got mule deer, and although hog hunting is something I've thought about in the past before. So 
Well, I'm jealous of you, the of the elk and uh, the mule deer. I've always wanted to shoot one of those, and uh, I think that'd be a really fun hunt to hunt to go on. Good eating too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. So, aside from uh, Highway 30, what else do you have on your agenda coming up? Uh, well, booking has. I, I don't have a booking agent. Um, I'm pretty much doing everything on my own. Um, I've got a little bit of help with my manager um, as far as kind of getting shows scheduled here and there. Uh, we're kind of just, it's been really tough, to be honest, kind of getting back into the booking side of things. Even though even though things are opening back up, um, there's more opportunities just coming every day. So um, I've got some private parties coming up. I've got some other shows, of course, in Texas scheduled um, that we uh, haven't released the dates yet to. And then uh, aside from that, kind of really focus on putting out new music to uh, kind of keep the train rolling there. I put out an, an album in January of this year. It was a, a six, seven song album. And um, it's got a couple of songs off that that uh, actually landed on some Spotify playlists and Apple Music playlists, which has helped a lot as far as getting the word out about that project. But uh, I'm already ready to release some some, some new music uh, to go along with that. So that's kind of my biggest focus. And we just finished the finishing touches on uh, – the majority of those songs that I have coming out soon. And uh, so going to be playing a release date pretty soon for all those. You know, that, that brings up one other question too, is, um, you know, during the lockdowns and during uh, the, the midst of COVID and all that, you know, I've talked to a lot of artists that especially I, like uh, Ross, the boss from uh, man of war told me that, uh, you know, it, it's given him time to go back to the studio and finish a bunch of unfinished projects that he's had on the back burner, some of them uh, for five to 10 years or so. Others have had time to write more songs for you. Uh, what are the best positives you think you can take out of this whole nasty ordeal? Uh, I mean, for me personally, I I got to spend more time in uh, in Nashville than I ever had. Uh, before and I try to make a trip up there once every few months to to write, record, network type things. And uh, last year I got to write more than ever. Um, didn't really I, I kind of quit worrying about trying to play live shows and and stay busy with shows all the time. And uh, really took some more time to focus on myself as a songwriter and and writing with other great songwriters. Um, so um, I got to write with Trent Wilman last year. He uh, he produces uh, all of Cody Johnson's stuff. So I got to write with him, which was a really cool experience. He's a great songwriter. And uh, also got to write with guys uh, like Brian White, Jason Seaver. Uh, Jason Seaver's had cuts by Dustin Lynch. Um, Brian White's had Jason Aldean cuts, Rodney Atkin cuts. Uh, also got to write with a guy named uh, Aaron Schurz, who uh, helped Maddie and Tay get started. Um, and then also got to write with Randy Montana, um, who, uh, was a writer on Luke Combs, Beer Never Broke My Heart, and also a, a song by Parker McCollum called Pretty Heart. So, uh, I got to spend some time with some really, uh, heavy hitters in the songwriting world, um, last summer and fall, which was probably my biggest high point of last year during everything was getting to, uh, get in the room with these guys and, you know, see how they do things and how they, their songwriting style. And, um, I was definitely a little nervous because these guys, they all have a background and have had success, but 
getting in there, there, I mean, you kind of get comfortable and realize they're just ordinary people just like you. And, um, and I think we're able to come up with some great material. And, uh, I think it kind of gave me more confidence in myself as a songwriter because I felt like I could hang with them in a room putting out, you know, the best song we possibly can. And I felt like I was able to contribute a lot, which, uh, as being a songwriter, that, that felt great, you know, with these guys, um, being able to come up with ideas and create songs out of them, um, and good songs too, um, was just so rewarding for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, one question I got to ask, this is courtesy of my former co-host. You know, he started these uh, brain teaser questions and I keep them going for him. But uh, let's say that uh, your latest EP or your latest album makes it big. You're hitting the charts and now you're going to go on a big nationwide tour, going to go coast to coast, travel into Canada, Mexico, maybe even travel globally a little bit. You have three opening slots of bands or musicians you'd like to have open for you. Who do you pick? And it can be anybody past or present. Open for me? Yes. Oh, wow. Man, I was about to say, I, I could pick some artists that I would open for. If, uh, you know, definitely. But open for me, oh my gosh. Uh, I don't, don't feel right uh, asking people to open for me. I don't feel like I've done enough yet. Uh but uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. That's a that's a definitely a tricky question there, <laughs> and so it could be anybody to open for me if I just become a worldwide success, right? Yes, yes. You know, it could be anybody locally. It could be anybody that's hit it mainstream. Whoever you choose. Hmm. Let's see. Man, that's tough. I mean, I would definitely. <laughs> I would even, I'd take my heroes with me. You know, I'd take, I'd take Eric Church. I'd take, uh, Eli Young Band. I would take, uh, shoot, I would take, uh, I would take Miranda Lambert. I, I would rather open for those people, but I'm trying to think of people that, uh, you know, would, would suit opening for me. That's such a tough question because <laughs> I've, I've always been the opener. You know, I've never been really in the position to be a big time headliner and have people open for me. Uh, so that's definitely something I need, I'll think about for sure. <laughs> hey, that that's a that's part of the fun of that question too. It's what Derek had, had it going every time. So. <laughs> yeah, I, you know there are some people I probably couldn't name, but they ever heard it, they'd be like, "Well, I'm never opening for you. You can open for me." But uh, yeah. yeah, I'll just I'll keep it like that. There you go. <laughs> and um, sticking to the subject of touring too. Um, for you, where is that dream stage for you? Is there anybody, anywhere you'd like to perform, uh, whether it be here in the U.S. Or, or globally somewhere? Where is that dream stage for you? Oh, my gosh. A dream stage for me, you know. Um, out, of course, the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, I, I really hope I could do that one day. That'd be just super special to be a part of that at least once. Um, also, you know, Red Rocks. I actually went to uh, Denver, Colorado oh, yeah. uh, here pretty recently, and yeah. uh, we got to uh, go out there and, and take a look at Red Rocks, and that is an amazing venue. That it's, I would love to see a show there and play there, of course. You know, um, you and know, then I was just going to say, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. I was just going to say uh, that's one of my most common answers to that question. 
Oh yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I got to see it, you know, in person about a month ago and I can understand why that would be such a amazing place to play and see a show. It's just a beautiful breathtaking scenery, you know, and just the, the natural, the rocks and the the, uh, formation of just kind of the earth and the ground around there. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So to play the Grand Ole Opry, Red Rocks Amphitheater, uh, even, uh, Green Hall down here in Texas, which is the oldest dance hall in Texas, uh, where tons of people have played and even got their starts. Uh, I still haven't played Green Hall yet, and that's just right down the road from me. Uh, but really, those three stages for sure. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch more out there that I'm not even thinking of. But uh, those those three venues, you know, that'd be uh, that just because their his- their history and how legendary they are. I would do those in a heartbeat. All right, I like that. And uh, I just, I only have a couple more questions here because we're just about out of time. Um, but uh, this, this is one of my favorite questions just because of the crazy screwed up answers I get from asking this, especially uh, from metal bands. <laughs> but uh, in, <laughs> in, your, uh, in your years of performing, uh, what would you say is the craziest thing you have witnessed while performing on stage? Now this, and... Keep in mind, this doesn't matter if you've if you're playing some uh, dirty dive bar out in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, some shithole like that, or some or you booked out Madison Square Garden. Oh my gosh! Oh man, what's the craziest stuff I've seen? I've seen some crazy stuff from being on stage. Uh, I've seen anything from you know bar fights to. Uh, Chicks get naked, uh, <laughs> people getting beer poured on each other, and then starting more fights. I've seen all of that. Uh, I saw a guy uh, just get knocked the hell out one time, stone cold, laid down. Uh, I've seen it all, man. But uh, I, I don't know which one of those takes the cake, but I, I've seen some crazy stuff from time to time, and uh, those are just a few things I've seen. <laughs> all right. My final question Let's say a group of kids ages 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you they're going to they want to break in the music business and start a band. What advice do you think you could give them? I would say uh I would say go after it early and 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 just and go as hard as you can um especially if you're I think that age you just mentioned somewhere between 15 and 20 or 18, 20, I'm not sure exactly what age you said, but I, looking back, I wish, I mean, I, I feel like I've always approached it pretty consistently, but if I were to look back on my early twenties, um, or late teens, I wish I would have just played more shows, which I, I stayed somewhat busy, but I think I could have pushed myself a lot harder. So I would tell them, you know, um, definitely just really focus on, writing your own material, coming up with your own material. Um, because, you know, playing cover songs is only going to get you so far. So, uh, just write, write as much as you can and come out with the best content you can. And, and, you know, if you're going to get, do it, start early and start touring, um, and, and network as much as you can, uh, tell everybody, thank you, of course. And, uh, you know, just start, just get out on the road and start playing shows. It doesn't have to. It could be the Mexican restaurant down the street, but um, start making connections early and, and, and hit it hard. 
because uh, you don't want to get, you know, kind of later on in life and wishing that you would all the energy you had as an early 20, 21 year old and you didn't take advantage of it. So, um, really just, I think, focus on the songwriting and, uh, trying to put a, a band together and start touring. All right. Well, I appreciate your time here on the show. Um, want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And, uh, also I look forward to seeing you at, uh, highway 30. In fact, uh, when, once you're done there, you'll have to come and talk to me again. Uh, you know, meet face to face and have a beer and, and record another one of these inter- interviews, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. We're yeah. going to party our balls off That's- on, uh, in uh, late June there. So I'm super excited and uh, thank you for having me on today. And I, I appreciate it. It was good talking with you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm so stoked to get to highway 30 fest in Idaho. Um, really, this is kind of the first festival we've done in a very long time. And uh, I just hope for more opportunities like this and uh, can't wait to be part of the big group up there. Oh yeah. There's, it's, it's been a long time coming, you know, there's uh, definitely so- definitely some uh some of the pressure has got to be released you know so yeah this this year is going to be awesome uh we're about to hit a uh five song set where i'm going to feature three more of your songs uh but before i get to that uh won't you give yourself a plug and tell the listeners where they can find colby keeling you know you got social media got a website reverb nation itunes spotify and all that good shit yeah well my name's colby keeling uh, and you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music. I've got uh, a couple records out and a few singles out, so you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram, at Colby underscore Keeling. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. So uh, Colby Keeling is, is just under that. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, ColbyKeeling.com, that's my website. Um, trying to update that as well. Um, and that's, uh, that's where you can find me. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much, uh, for, uh, giving up some time to talk to me. And once again, best of luck to you in your future endeavors. And I will see you at highway 30. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. And, uh, thank you for your time. And, uh, I appreciate it and, uh, can't wait to party with you guys. Absolutely. You take care. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the interview with Colby Keeling. So it's time to hit our first music set. Got three more songs by Colby Keeling in there. Also got Chub Rock and ADD Analog Digital Disorder into the mix. With that said, be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. And if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Wanna know who burned you so bad? Left your heart in ashes on the ground. Made your promises, took them right back. Left you cold and alone. Now all you know is the sound of goodbye. You won't let anyone inside. Baby, it's just like smoke blowing on the wind. One minute by my side, and then you're gone again. You might be bad for me, but I just want to breathe you 
start out slow like an ember Get the fire burning back behind your eyes I want to feel you when we're together So whatever you do, baby, don't disappear This time, don't fade into the gray tonight Baby, it's just like smoke blowing on the wind One minute by my side like everyone else. Take your ego to the next level and travel across town at hundreds of miles an hour. The San Andreas Flight School. Become a licensed pilot in as little as three hours. Take out your friends and family in spectacular fashion by getting certified. Don't believe what you hear? Flying is easy. It's mostly autopilot anyway. Click a few buttons, set the destination, and hang in back with the ladies. Imagine how hot she'll get when you tell her you can leave for a tropical paradise in a moment's notice on a plane always wanted to get into the exciting international courier business you need to fly tired of dealing with the horrible airlines and their graying pilots get your pilot's license a turbulence free future is yours the san andreas flight school The jester, modest alone, but funny like Sylvester. Driving up the streets with my new Eldorado, performing for the characters in Denver, Colorado. I'm dressing very neatly, people wanna meet me. Girls wanna use me for the money coming weekly. I will, I still, we're still for the title. And if it's very vital, I will swear on the Bible to stay as a humorous chub rock. Having a numerous, that means a lot of fans that can understand the intensity, the density of a man. Such as myself is sitting on my shelf A picture of my granny And next to her the Grammy Given to me and Hitman how we tea And after these lyrics you will see That I'm a joker A joker I'm a joker A joker I have expenditures Minks and furs And all you ladies you wish you were down to my bowling list, and when I start the movement, there will be a risk. But 
because of my size, make sure to adjust your reactions for the pelvic thrust. You'll be pampering, saying it can't be in. But I eat the breakfast of champions. That's why I'm so large in my throat. When I discharge, this is the third time you had it. Why you have to grab it? You're like Nola, darling. Boy, she gotta have it. I'm not Mars Blackman or Larry Blackman. I'm Chubb Rock and these other two are crackmen. Hey, I'm only bugging. Come on, don't ban me. If you can't stand me, maybe you can be a joker. I'm a joker. I'm a joker. Today I read again, Oprah is better than the godfather of television, Ed Sullivan. And if that's true, why haven't I been on the show? Barely fit it right next to her. It's a miracle, I'm hard but cynical. Intelligent yet hysterical Kids who tell their parents that they have to regurgitate And stay home so they can impersonate me I mean a person like me, your little Sean, darling G Well since I gotta show you from right from wrong I figured I would do it in a song If life is an apartment, George is Mr. Roper He can evict you so instead be a joker Have fun like the rest of the guys Be your potato chip, be wise And a joker a joker. I'm a joker. You can say we're over. Give me the cold shoulder when you're hanging out with your friends. You can say you're moving on and tell them that you don't. They ever want to see me again Yeah, you can say anything you wanna But baby, we both know you're gonna Call me drunk At two in the morning from the back of a cab Cause you had just a little too much Say you'll be over in a minute Cause you know I'll let you in And we'll end up cooking up One more time Well, that's alright, baby, I Feels like there might be something there So anytime you get a little tipsy And a song comes on the mission Call me drunk At two in the morning from the back of a cab Cause you had just a little too much Say you'll be over in a minute Cause you know I'll let you in And we'll end up looking up
It's not my way to do what I'm told But I'm still here listening I've tried every day to let it go It doesn't mean that much to me I get jumped back down For the good of the group They say why don't I feel my love now Just when I know I've got to go I get real back in I'm fine new but not How cool this venture way began
that scratch off one stop Fill up your truck with diesel Tucked in the shadow of the first batch church steeple Bells ring, ring Even though I love all those things There's a blue-eyed reason why I ain't leaving Long as she's here, gonna keep on keeping Pulling on up in this driveway Ain't no need for me to drive no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. 
Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. Rapid City, South Dakota. Gateway to the historic monument at Mount Rushmore. Blue skies, open country, a friendly and healthy population, and Red Pill Expo 2021. June 5th and 6th at the Monument Convention Center in Rapid City, South Dakota. Can't make it to Rapid City? Not a problem. The expo will be live streamed and archived should you miss any of it. Red Pill Expo is the major public event of Red Pill University. The mission of the expo and the university is to bring together world-class experts to set the record straight on fake narratives, fake history, and fake news at each and every Red Pill Expo. Truth seekers unite to get a better understanding of how the world really works, a world where collectivism reigns. It's time for individualism and an open mind. Mark your calendars and make your plans now to attend Red Pill Expo 2021. Get more details and register today at redpillexpo.org. Mark your calendar and make plans now to experience Highway 30 Music Fest 2021, June 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th at the Twin Falls Fairgrounds in Filer, Idaho. With good food and drink, country music, Americana music, rock and red dirt, there's something for everyone. Performing Saturday, June 26th, the James Lee Band. She's a kind of girl that likes to call your own. Nick Sterling and the Nomads. Welcome to the war and more sponsors of highway 30 music fest 2021 include bish's rv donnelly sports and swire coca-cola have a great time while helping organizations and families in need highway 30 music fest will take place rain or shine to order tickets and for more information visit hwy 30 musicfest.com Yo, baby, you've ever your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train. And USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Colby Keeling with Why I Love This Place. Before that, ADD means Analog Digital Disorder with Not My Way. Before that, Colby Keeling with Call Me Drunk. Before that, Chub Rock with Joker. And starting off the whole set, Colby Keeling with Smoke. 
All right, in just a little bit, it will be time for Outlaw Radio Gun Talk with my special guest, Luis Valdez of Gun Owners of America. Before I get to that, we have to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week is Josh Duggar, yes. The former TV reality star of TLC's 19 Kids and Counting. This sick son of a bitch. This stupid motherfucker. Josh Duggar has been charged with receiving and possessing child sexual abuse images. Well, boy. You know, I can't stand this kind of fucking scum. Not at all. Anyway, you can find the article up on our Twitter, Outlaw Radio ABS. Yes, that's at Outlaw Radio ABS. And uh, you can see the mugshot. You can read the article. Anyway, without any further ado, it's time for Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. It's time for Outlaw Radio Gun Talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for this edition of Outlaw Radio Gun Talk, I want to welcome Luis Valdez of the Gun, o- Gun Owners of America. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you very much for joining the show. So, uh, yes, yeah, uh, there's a lot going on, uh, you know, in such a... A limited amount of time that we have to talk, but uh, definitely uh, let's get into it. Uh, first off, I just want to do this for our listeners. This is what I'm I'm reading on uh, Truth About Guns. It says Luis Valdez is a native, is a is a Miami native, and first generation bo- American born Cu- of Cuban parents. Grew up around shooting, hunting, and collecting firearms. Veteran police officer burnt his own vacation time fighting for better gun rights of of the capital. So, so yeah. So, so you're you're also a hunter as well. Yes, sir. Grew up grew up hunting. All right. Yeah. I just I want I want to touch on that real quick before we get into the really serious. Uh, subjects here because when i think florida i gotta be honest with you uh you know hunting's one of the last things that that i think of you know i kind of i kind of think of uh, vacation spots in miami orlando D- disney world and all that but uh yeah um what's what kind of game do you normally go after um i grew up dove and duck hunting around lake okeechobee as a kid and later on i did a deer and hog up in the panhandle yeah, yeah, I'd, I see. It's, uh, something about wild boar hunting kind of fascinates me. It's because I guess it's not so common up in my neck of the woods. But, uh, also, I decided to uh, pull up the uh, Florida f- uh, fishing game. They have python hunting as well. Yeah, that's a new thing, that, but uh, I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, from what I real quick too, I know that uh, Louisiana has pretty strict laws uh, when it comes to alligator hunting. But what about Florida? 
Uh, I've yet to do an alligator hunt here in Florida, so I can't tell you on that one. Uh, I know some folks that have done it, and they've had a blast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, getting into the serious matters, I mean, uh, gun control has has always been uh, has always been a hot topic, and it doesn't matter who's been in office, but it seems like ever since uh, the Biden administration has taken over, it seems like there it ha- it has been getting heated more and more, and of course. Uh, you know, I I didn't expect uh, you know the mass shootings, if you want to call them that, to decrease by any matter. But I do know this: you take you take guns away from law-abiding citizens, and and you're only signing their death warrant. I could very much uh, agree with that, uh, and I say this as a as you said, I have, I'm a 15 year veteran law enforcement officer. When seconds count, cops are minutes away. Sadly, in my career. I could count maybe on one hand the times where as a law enforcement officer, I was able to intervene before a crime was fully accomplished. So as the crime was occurring uh, to stop an actual criminal act, 99.9% of police work is responsive. It is a reactionary force. It is not a preventative force. So the idea that the uh, law-abiding public could disarm themselves and rely on the government to provide public safety is a fallacy. It's a, it's a bad fallacy. And I don't say this uh, as a negative connotation against my uh, fellow law enforcement officers. It's just the reality of the fact. We're reactionary. We show up after a crime happens. We take down the information. We gather the evidence and we go after the perpetrators and we bring them to justice to where the criminal court system handles it. But nine out of ten times, cops are not there to actually prevent crime. That's that's on the law-abiding public. You know, and and uh, that's what one uh, progressive liberal had told me in the past that uh, we should just defund the police because once a crime's committed, what what more can they do? Well, uh, you know, uh, how about conduct an investigation and bring the perpetrators to justice? So, yes, we need the, the police, but I do understand the fact, too, that, uh, you know, as a criminal is busting down your door to rob you, rape you, kill you, whatever, you know, I mean, uh, odds are, you know, it's it's in, in your hands to... to take the preventative measures so this is why law-abiding citizens should be armed i mean if they choose if you know you got gun haters who choose not to have guns that's their choice i understand that but uh, don't take away those those guns from people who choose to have them and exercise their second amendment rights the an individual that chooses to have a firearm for the protection of their hearth and home is no different than an individual that chooses to have smoke alarms and a fire extinguisher in their house. They are taking the correct preventative measures to protect themselves and their loved ones. It's, it's no different. The fact that an in, if an individual personally doesn't want to have a firearm, hey, that's on them. But they should not be able to force their ideology down the throat of others that wish to protect themselves with firearms or any method of uh, self-defense. Because the Second Amendment 
isn't just about guns. It's guns is the most uh, popular part of the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment isn't just about guns. It's about tools to defend yourself against criminals and against a despotic tyranny. Exactly. So if, uh, you know, if you don't have a, a gun handy and, uh, and uh, criminals on the other side of the door, you know, I mean, uh, if, if you have to, you can surprise them with a sword or a machete or, or a saw for that matter. So, you know, I mean, um, and arms doesn't always mean guns. I mean, come on before guns there, it was, it was swords and armor as they, what were referred to as arms. If you go through the history of American gun control, even before guns were the main method of protection, you had, you had knives, you had swords, you had, you had other instruments. Yes, firearms were here from the founding of this nation. It was the shot heard around the world that, in, in Boston that started the revolution. But arms themselves, if you go through the history of arms control in the United States, in the uh, 1820s and the 1830s, you had the uh, the the slave the the pro slavery South institute laws that restricted arms, not just guns, but arms, from being in common access to freed blacks, to uh, recent immigrants, to you name it. They, um, if I remember correctly, I think Texas had laws against the carrying of of silly things like Bowie knives, because back then the Bowie knife was a very popular self defense tool. You so know, they pass laws to prevent yeah. certain people from carrying them because they didn't want those people armed. Why? Because you had the political elite wanting to rule over those that they didn't want armed. You know, and, and uh, one thing that a lot of people uh, don't do nowadays that I still like to do is you can even take fic fictional stories, for example. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead, and um, if you watch, too, when... When Rick's group encounters a, a group of marauders, they encountered Negan or whatever. I mean, they didn't just take their guns. They also took their machetes, their knives, whatever they had that was considered a weapon. They didn't say, give us your guns. They said, give us your weapons. Yep. So. And, and, and that's why I think it's crucial that, yes, guns are the, are the current hot topic. And, you know, as the state director for Florida... I fervently believe in people being able to own guns, but I also fervently believe in people being able to own arms for self-defense. So if an individual wants to carry a Bowie knife or they want to carry a Glock 19 or if they want to carry a taser for self-defense, whatever it is, the founding fathers knew that when they wrote the Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights as a whole, that technology advances. I mean, in regards to the First Amendment, you know, what was, the, what was cutting edge at the time of the founding of this nation? The printing press with mobile type. They, would have, they couldn't have predicted the Internet. They couldn't have predicted radio or television or movies. But they understood the importance of protecting free speech in any medium. And the Second Amendment applies to the same when it comes to self-defense. The, people have the right to keep and bear arms for, the, for their own defense. So, yes... Guns, knives, swords, whatever. People have the right to, to keep it, own it, and carry it. 
You know, Lewis, one of the things that just gets me every time, and I've had this conversation with with a few, especially uh, the, uh, those from the left too. They said, like, well, if if they'd only have gun control and if they ban guns, then we wouldn't have incidents like Columbine or Sandy Hook. We have to realize too. I mean. I mean, uh, there's there's a black market for drugs. That there's also a black market for weapons. I mean, uh, a lot of these criminals, you know, I know some of them do legally purchase their firearms in a local store, get a background check. They, you know, they're 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 they have a clean background, and then they go out and commit a crime. That that is unfortunate. But also, you know, uh, there, there's the fact of the matter is, is that uh, those with a dirty background aren't going to go to a local store to get, to, to get a gun. They're going to go to some black market dealer and buy it out of the back of somebody's car. Uh, gun control is not going to prevent criminals from having weapons. So uh, citizens have to have weapons. Yeah. Gun control has never stopped crime. Let, let's look at the basis of it. Crime, criminals. Criminals break, break the law. Last I checked, since Moses came down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, murder's been illegal. People still do it to this day. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a universal offense. You tell me a country where, uh, where, where they let murder slide. Well... Uh, South Africa, they are letting it slide, but uh, legally they're not. You know, uh, murder murder is a crime in every country on this planet. And I'm pretty sure if there's life on other planets, they don't allow murder. Exactly. The, the idea that, oh, if we outlawed the possession of firearms, firearm-related crimes would decrease is laughable. The, the Soviet Union was very strict on crimes. Criminals still got their hands on guns uh, through one means or the other, either through black market or through theft or through uh, cottage industry and, and underground uh, shops. It didn't matter. They, they got their hands on firearms, even though the USSR banned the ownership of guns in the 1920s. Um, if you want to look at other totalitarian regimes, you had Nazi Germany, you had... Uh, the Jews, you had the gypsies, and you had the other political prisoners that were persecuted by the Nazis. Well, they were herded into the ghettos before they were sent to the concentration camps. You had underground resistance movements that were smuggling and acquiring arms to fight back against the Nazis. The idea that your average criminal is not going to get possession of a firearm to create, to, to cause crime is laughable. It's it's ludicrously laughable. Bad guys will break the law. It doesn't matter what it, what it says. Statistically speaking, the vast majority of active shooter situations in the U.S. have been in so-called gun-free zones, where it's a crime to possess a firearm. It's been in schools. It's been in government buildings. It's been in, in areas where getting a concealed carry permit is extremely difficult, yet bad guys still do it. Yep, yep, the only people that are always hurt, the only people that are always hurt by this are the law-abiding, because the law-abiding follows the law. So if the law says, well, I can't carry my gun here because there's a sign, okay, I'm going to follow the law. A criminal who's going to commit murder, who's going to commit rape, who's going to commit assault and battery, looks at that sign and laughs and goes, they go up, I'm, I'm going to do something far worse than this, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Um, so I, w- I want to talk a little bit now. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. I talked a little bit about these quote unquote ghost guns. Now, if what Biden says is true, I can agree with him in the fact that he says, well, they can buy these kits and put a gun together piece by piece. Now, if that's true, it does need a serial number and should be, re- uh, you know, go through as, as buying any firearm. But, uh, you know, there, I'm my bullshit detector is going off on something here. Can you, and, and I can't put a finger on it. Maybe you can help me with that. Look, first off, Americans have been making firearms since before America was founded. Yes. It, it's, it's, as, it's as American as apple pie. I mean, it's older than apple pie. Literally, the, the first thing Amer- what would become Americans did when they founded the colonies here in what would become the United States is they started cranking out firearms. They started cranking out um, uh, what would eventually become the Kentucky Long Rifle, flintlocks, muskets, uh, flintlock pistols, they, you know. The idea that it is now criminal for, or they want to make it a criminal act for an American to make his own firearm is wrong. It, it goes against the very spirit of this country. Uh, and in terms of preventing crime, again, bad guys do bad things. If you want to look at one of the worst school massacres in U.S. history, it was the Bath School Massacre, and it wasn't done with a firearm. It was done with a gallon of gas and a book of matches. Wow. Yep. So now, so but we don't have car control, and we don't we don't have fuel control or anything like that, you know. And what we what we need is idiot control. What we need, I I'm I mean, this is my personal opinion, Lewis, but uh, you know. There used to be examples of like this made of people to where, you know, there, I'm, I mean, I, I don't know where, where you stand on this and, and if you disagree, that's perfectly fine. But I think, you know, for one thing, our criminal system, our criminal justice system, when it comes to uh, punishment is not harsh enough, doesn't set the example that's going to make the next wannabe criminal incontinent of you know, when he, when he sees what happens to the person that's doing what he thinks he's going to do in the future. You know, if, if you're going to go on onto the criminal justice system, I have a lot of experience in that. Uh-huh. And one of the things that really does tick me off, and, and I say this as, as a common everyday American, is that our legal system, our justice system, has been twisted and perverted into a system that is now used to... Uh, even enforce political retribution against certain individuals. In Florida, for example, do you know that it's a felony for you to be a handyman in the construction industry, and if you don't have workers' compensation coverage or proof of coverage exemption, that's a third-degree felony? Okay, that doesn't even make sense to me. But but just let that that sink in. You're a handyman. And you have no employees under you. It's just yourself. You know, you're a sole proprietorship or, or a sole employee LLC. If you are on a job site and you don't have your own health insurance, your own workers' comp coverage for yourself, or you don't have a proof of exemption for coverage, it's a third-degree felony. That means that it is a. it could be over a year in jail, and you could lose your gun rights because of it. 
but but uh, you you commit you actually commit something that's a real a real felony, and it could be a, a minor slap on the wrist if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. How many times have the state attorney's offices, and I think out in your neck of the woods, you guys called them uh, district attorneys, right? Yeah, we got some district attorneys here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in Florida, we call them state attorneys. But anyways. How many times has the prosecutorial office gotten a guy that has a rap sheet longer than a mile long and pleads down whatever he did to some petty misdemeanor charge and says, okay, credit time served, head on out, have a nice day. Meanwhile, this guy did, you know, like 30 counts of burglary and 10 counts of, of strong arm robbery and domestic violence and everything else like that. But he gets a slap on the wrist because, oh, the system is too crowded. The system is too busy. Well, yeah, because you have so many laws on the books that make things into crimes that shouldn't be crimes in the first place. You I know, mean, if we want to look at it, the, the simple possession of a muffler, or in, any, in the automotive world, it's a muffler. In the firearms world, it's a silencer. If I possess a silencer... Without a $200 tax stamp, it's up to 10 years in federal prison for simply owning what anywhere else would be a $5 over-the-counter accessory if it was a car. <laughs> you know, it, it, so we're, it's just baffling. It really is. Yeah, we're, we're wasting manpower. We're wasting court time. We're wasting taxpayer money to go after people that they want to own a, an accessory that makes a firearm hearing safe or for a guy that he's just a local handyman trying to make a, a buck and have his own business. But you know, it's just himself. So he doesn't need coverage. So we're wasting time on that, but we're letting hardened criminals go. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And that's an issue all across the country. Yes, exactly, exactly. And the, and the one thing that just gets me the absolute most, and uh, you, I think you'd agree because you're a father, I'm a, I'm a father, is, uh, you know, basically now it's like uh, pedophiles are getting, are getting the least, you know. I mean, basically they want to narrow pedophilia down to a sexual preference like gay or lesbian, but uh, they, you know, you're, you're a law-abiding citizen that owns... A single shot pistol, uh, you know, they want to make you a felon for that. Yep, it's it's horrible. Well, it's it's a question that that we have to look at in the mirror. It's it's, it's an issue with society as a whole, and uh, and and I don't want to stray into that subject matter. No, no, lot, but that's as far as I'm in, going in end, into it. So that's okay. But but in the end. As Americans, we need to, as a collective group, we need to look in the mirror and we need to go, when did we allow our criminal justice system to be warped and corrupted with such stupidity and such incompetence in how things are handled? I mean, you have, there are legitimate cases across this country where you have bad criminals getting off scot-free and good people going to jail for what shouldn't be a crime. And that's wrong. It, it's, it's not correct. It's not right. It's not American. 
And the worst thing about it is our criminal justice system, especially in the the realm of firearms, has become from innocent to proven guilty. Now, now you have to prove your innocence because the state automatically assumes you're guilty. Yeah, it seems like it's been that way for at least the past 15 years. You know, it's been like it's been like that longer. It's been yeah. it's been like that for over a hundred years. I mean, if you want to look at certain states, for example, you could look at New York with the Sullivan Act passed in 1911. And starting in 1911, you had to prove to the state of New York that you had a good reason to own a, a handgun. You had to go to them and prove for their blessing to get a permit to own a handgun. When for a hundred years prior to that. If you were a law-abiding citizen, you could go and mail order a handgun if you wanted. No problem at all. Yeah. Crime didn't dramatically spike up prior to that. But the, why was that passed in New York? Because you had those in power that wanted to restrict those that they saw as political opponents. Yes, yes. Now, one thing I, I want to bring to your attention, Lewis, is, um, you know, uh, anybody that listens to my show, they know that uh, I, I'm also an activist for the people of South Africa. And uh, South Africa, as I said many times before, is the blueprint test bed for what they want here in America. Well, what, one thing they passed uh, in South Africa is, uh, okay, uh, you can have guns, but uh, they must be registered and must come up on a computer or whatever. And then all of a sudden, when that passed... Criminals started robbing houses, and they didn't take money. They didn't take jewelry. They knew where they the guns were. They went after the guns. Yes. You, you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned South Africa and gun control. I'm actually a member of, uh, of, uh, of one of the uh, South African uh, pro-gun groups. GOSA? And they actually have a very good, yeah, they actually have a, a very good form. Um, I, I'm with uh, them, too. Online. I'm with them, too. So, so yes. But what's interesting is with South Africa, prior to the end of apartheid, which in of itself is a horrible regime, yes, they had a system where as lo- you had to ask the apartheid government for a permit to own a firearm. Uh-huh. But once you qualified, it was a lifetime permit. Then in, I think it was around 2000, 2001, the uh, ANC government, after apartheid, even though they preached that they would bring unity and equality amongst the masses and that everyone would be free uh, to exercise their civil rights, the ANC then really clamped down on gun rights. And one of the things they changed was that the lifetime permit went to a a semi-annual permit. I forget if it was five years or seven years. I don't remember the exact time frame, but it went from once you had the permit for life, you now had to renew it. And then they have started to gone, go further And when recently the South African Supreme Court ruled that owning a gun in South Africa isn't a right, it's a privilege granted to you by the government. And now the South African Police Service has gotten really draconian in restricting permits and revoking permits and simply in dragging their feet in issuing permits. So you have crime constantly going up in South Africa because, again, the law-abiding are trying to abide by all the hoops that they have to jump through to simply get a permit to own a firearm for self-defense, while the criminals don't care. The criminals in, in South Africa, they get guns very easily. They go to Mozambique, they go to Angola, 
you know, you're talking about the southern end of the continent that was ravaged by bush wars. They could go to Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe's corrupt as hell. If they want to get an RPK and an RPG, you know, they go in with a couple of hundred, with a couple of thousand uh, rand, and they buy themselves whatever the hell they want. They take it from back across the border, and they wreak a havoc. All while the law-abiding, both white and black in South Africa, are screwed. And yes. they're left defenseless, begging for protection from the SAPs, the South African Police Service. And the SAPs are just as corrupt as everyone else. And they're like, no, um, we're not going to protect you. Most definitely. So you seem to be pretty well informed of what's going on there as well. So I have no doubt you know what goes on on a South African farm, which is a whole other story in itself right there. Yes. Yeah. Um, Another, but, uh, you know, there, there's one thing to go with that, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this, Lewis, but there's a, there's a man currently fighting for his life right now who, uh, who was attacked by a bunch of thugs in South Africa. I mean, they stabbed him multiple times with a screwdriver before he was able to, to reach for his pistol and, and kill them dead. Well, he's up, he's up for murder right now. He's, he's got... He's got the wounds to prove he's been attacked, and he's still fighting for his life to to prove he, he was defending himself. It's 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 horrible, and the worst thing is you have some government officials here in the U.S. that want to have a similar legal system, exactly where you don't have the ability to defend yourselves, uh, where you don't have the right to stand your ground, or you don't have castle doctrine as a legal basis. And these are legal bases. These are legal theories because they're founded in common sense. You have the right to defend yourself, whether you're at home or you're out on the street, but you have elected officials. And then you have government bureaucrats that want to say, no, 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 no. You have to retreat. You have to give ground to your attacker, wherever you may be. And you have some lawmakers in states like California, like New York, and even in my state, like Florida, they want to repeal Stand Your Ground. They want to repeal Castle Doctrine. And they want to make it to where if I'm home with my wife and my daughter and some thug breaks down my door at 3 a.m. and wants to attack us, we'd have to retreat our home and give ground to them. I wouldn't, it would be criminal for me to defend my family. That's preposterous. And on top of that, it's inhuman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, um, I mean, all, all one has to do is look, you know, look to the laws of of nature, you know, and uh, I I don't think that uh, a lioness protecting her cub, she she kills a male lion, which happens quite more often than one would think. You know, the lioness kills a male lion that tries to eat her cubs. She never, they don't prosecute that. And and I'd say that that lioness was within her rights. She's trying to protect her her offspring. It's look, I love my wife and my All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have encountered some uh, technical difficulties, uh, but the conversation is going to continue here with Luis Valdez of Gun Owners of America. And I'm um, just uh, going to Continue on, uh, actually uh, move on from where we were at when the recording cut off. Um, but um, I was listening to Armed American Radio, and uh, they were talking about uh, 
basically how uh, the Biden administration is talking about stacking the Supreme Court in order to help uh, push for more gun control. And uh, he even said that organizations like the NRA and the Second Amendment uh, Foundation are going to be uh, teaming up and uh, to fight this. Now, uh, this uh, when this push comes to shove, uh, would you say that uh, gun, owners, gun owners of America are also going to be uh, thrown in the pot to fight this as well? Well, of course, GOA is going to be thrown in the pot. We don't have an issue at all working with other organizations when they share the same goal. And that goal is, of course, preserving, protecting, and expanding Second Amendment rights for all Americans across the country. Yes, yes. So uh, as as far as uh, stacking the Supreme Court, what is, what is your overall opinion on that? My overall opinion is that it's a pitiful play and an attempt by a number of authoritarians trying to hold on to power. But to paraphrase history, the Supreme Court made its ruling. Let's see them, let's see them enforce it. You know, if, if they continue down the road that they're going to continue, that's what's going to happen. The, the people are only governed when they allow themselves to be governed. And if they can, and if the authoritarians in government continue down the path that they are, the people at some point will just say, to heck with this. And they're going to exercise the Second Amendment as the founding fathers put it there for a reason. It was, it's not just about duck hunting. It's not just about protecting yourself from a burglar. It's about stopping tyr- tyrannical government. So clearly, if those in power continue down the path, I, you know, I don't want it to go down that path. I, I don't want there to be violence, of course, and I'm not advocating for violence. But at some point, someone will say enough is enough. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% there. And another thing that uh, bothers me that I, I really wanted to bring this up to is uh, how uh, Biden is uh, wanting to put uh, David Chipman in charge of the, uh, of the ATF. Now, um, now, Chipman was, if you ask me, he was a part of a massacre. I mean, say what you want about David Koresh. You know, he was a, a Jim Jones cult leader, possibly, you know, and didn't do some such nice things. But the people in Waco, Texas, almost 30 years ago, didn't deserve what happened there. David Chipman, if you ask me, is a tyrant with his ideas of wanting to arrest people, um, basically monitor them if they're about to commit a crime, so arrest them before they do. I mean, they have something's not right here and I, this is one man I would not trust. I wouldn't want to have him in charge. What, what do you think? We at GOA, we're fighting the appointment of Chipman by every means available. We are looking at every avenue we have available to us in Congress. We're looking at everything we could do to fight him and his appointment. Uh, we know Chipman and his past. We know he's as dirty as dirty can be. The man literally has blood on his hands. So at GOA, we are, we're fighting this. We're, we're using everything within our power to prevent his appointment. And on a personal level, I think his appointment is horrible um, because literally he worked for the Giffords Foundation. If any, and if your audience knows anything about the Giffords Foundation, if they don't, 
the Giffords Foundation is an anti-gun organization, and he was a paid member of this organization. So it's literally, it, it's it's the appointment of Chipman to head ATF would be like having the head of the KKK be appointed to run um, the NAACP. And it's just, you know, it's so it's so wrong. It's so anti-American. I mean, well, uh, Chipman himself has has struck me as anti-American. I mean, and, and and you're right. You know, he's got a lot of blood on his hands starting um, maybe even before Waco, Texas, you know, I mean, and, you, you know, I'm I'm here in Idaho where, uh, you know, what happened in this state just before Waco was Ruby Ridge, you know. Yeah, the Weaver family. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to say I'm in very much favor of uh, Randy Weaver because he, you know, he's, uh, I don't know if the media portrays him to be, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, from what I know, he's a white supremacist. And, um, you know, I mean, that's his right to be one if he wants to be, um, you know, I don't favor that, that type of mentality, but nonetheless, regardless of that, you know, he too didn't deserve to have what happened to him. You know, I mean, the ATF fired on him first and, uh, basically it was a life or death situation. He lost both his son and his wife in, in the, the whole exchange, you know, so, uh, and uh, all all this happened, you know, I don't know if Chipman was a part of that at, at Ruby Ridge, but uh, all this happened when Chipman was working with the ATF. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, in, in regards to a lot of things, especially with David Chipman, it's just, you, you don't get something bad to go after something bad. If you, when I was a cop, and I rose my right hand and I took that oath to swear and uphold and defend the, uh, the Constitution of the United States, I meant it. That meant every right. That meant the First Amendment, that meant the Second Amendment, that meant the Fourth Amendment, that meant the Fifth Amendment. Even scumbags have their constitutional rights. And the fact that Chipman is the type of individual that is willing to crush an individual's constitutional rights, including those that are the law-abiding variety, I mean, I'm not even talking about him going after criminals. I'm talking about him just going after honest, law-abiding Americans. It's it's wrong. You, know, you remember when uh, earlier in the interview where I said I like to make take notes from um, from fictional stories. And one thing, as you were telling me all this, uh, Lewis, there's one thing. You can laugh at this if you want because it is kind of funny. Uh, but uh, I was thinking of the old cult stupid cult movie killer clowns from outer space but uh, there was you've seen it i take it <laughs> I, I i might be a fan of um 1970s and 80s slasher flicks especially the b the b category films yes but there was something from that particular movie though that uh, came to mind is uh i remember when the clown went into the police station and uh, squirted the police officer with uh, those squ- those squirting water flowers, and uh, yeah, the, co- the of course the cop says he, he's going to arrest him, and he, then he he said he said a line that I'll never forget. Says I'm supposed to read you your rights, but you're in my jail and you got no rights. That's where Chipman 
kind of strikes me. I think Chipman goes one step further than that. I, I think Chipman would honestly fit right in in the uh, Stasi of East Germany or the Gestapo of Nazi Germany or the KGB of the Soviet Union or the Cuban uh, Directorate of Intelligence in, in communist Cuba. I mean, he's the type of guy that if if Adolf Hitler ordered to commit an atrocity, he would probably go and do it. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it, it, it's scary that there's someone being appointed to the ATF that is this much of an authoritarian that he, he claims that he swore to uphold and defend the constitution. Yet his entire career so far has been him trying to dismantle it. Shoot first and ask questions later mentality basically is with, with him. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, we don't need somebody like that in charge of like the, the ATF or the FBI. We actually, he, he should not be in, in any type of law enforcement whatsoever. In fact, the man's got enough blood on his hands that uh, maybe he belongs in prison wearing a number. What do you think? If I remember correctly, didn't Idaho try to go after um, the F snipers from Ruby Ridge? I believe they did. I'm just, you know, I was too young at the time to fully understand it, but I believe that you're correct there. Yeah, so at some point there's going to be a clash when it, between state and federal officials. And the question is what will happen with that? You know, does someone like Jim belong behind bars for some of the actions he's taken under the color, uh, under the abuse of authority via the color of law, you know, at some point, as I said, I, I fear that the path that some officials in government are taking this country down the road of will lead to conflict. And I don't want conflict. I don't want conflict because I want to be able to look at every person that I know that's an American and say, we live in the United States. We are above this. We are not like the rest of the world, but people like Chipman and the Biden administration and those that wish to disarm us, they clearly, they don't care. They don't care what the end result is as long as they maintain and hold on to power. By the way, I just wanted to make a side note, too, is, uh, you know, I, I've met a few Cubans in my in my lifetime, you know, not not a whole lot. Um, but uh, those that I sat down and have, had a conversation with just utterly hate Castro. I mean, even, even a, a, a lawyer in Las Vegas who... Fought in the Bay of Pigs when he was 19 um, was, I mean, uh, it's kind of sad that uh, Q Castro died after uh, after he did because it was just his ambition to see Castro die. I mean, that, well, you can imagine he hated him that bad. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like you, you're too enthused about him either. <laughs> Not at all. My granduncle, Mario Gerbao, he was a part of the Bay of Pigs. He was actually one of the main organizers for it, so... Yeah, Fidel Castro is not a, a well-liked individual in my family house. <laughs> I can't say that I blame you. I only know of 
of a certain group of people that actually think he was a good guy. And that, of course, because uh, you're familiar with uh, what goes on in South Africa, would be Julius Malema of uh, the Economic Freedom Fighters. He actually took the trip to Cuba to go to Castro's funeral and, and praise him. But uh, I've, all, I've got my own opinions about Julius Malema. He, he's a total scumbag, so... Well, Ju- Julius is a scumbag, and uh, I mean, he's so radical that the ANC literally kicked him out, and the ANC views him as a threat to their own power. So the fact that you have the ANC, the African National Congress, which was literally supported by the Communist Party of South Africa and the Soviet Union, um, views him as a radical, that, that just shows how crazy this guy is. Um, and like I said earlier on the show, uh, I myself am a member of... Um, Gunsight South Africa, they're a pro-rights gun group in South Africa, and they're, they're not just about, um, it's not a, a lot of people will think about, oh, South Africa, that means gun owners there are only white. Well, no. Gunsight South Africa is English, Boer, Afrikaner, uh, Bantu, Blacks, you, you name it. Yeah. And the fact that you even, across the globe, you have an assault on people being able to own and keep and bear arms. And that tells you something that those in power want to disarm those that possess arms. Why? Because an armed people cannot be ruled over by tyranny. They could only be ruled over and governed when they allow it to happen. Absolutely. All right. Um, just moving on to the last subject I want to talk about, because I feel this is very important. Uh, there Recently, is there was an article you put out that saying uh, we have one week left. Um, exactly, I can't I can't remember it word for word, and I'm trying to find it. But uh, uh, can, can you in, enlighten us uh, what's going on right there? It was uh, the article was about we had one week left in the Florida legislature, and today is actually the final day of uh, session. And literally, what's happened is is for your folks that are outside of Florida. Florida has its legislative session uh, every year. It's only uh, for 60 days. And the we had a constitutional carry bill. We had a Second Amendment sanctuary bill. We had a campus carry bill. And we had a bill that would have repealed all of the gun control passed after 2018, uh, the Parkland shooting in, uh, in 2018. And this is a Republican supermajority legislature and all these bills have not been voted on once in committee. And these committees are chaired by Republicans. The committee chairs are appointed by the Senate's president and the House Speaker, who are Republicans, who are put into office by Republicans. We have a Republican governor, and I am a fan of Ron DeSantis, but Ron, if you're listening, i got to ask you, buddy, why aren't you spending the political capital and using your office as a bully pulpit to support bills like constitutional carry and a Second Amendment sanctuary bill? Right now, those bills have died in committee. Again, another year has passed where a Republican supermajority in Florida has not moved and pushed substantial positive pro-gun legislation. They've thrown crumbs at us. The only things they've pushed is a, and it's two bills that we in GOA supported. One is to um, 
strengthen the state preemption law, and all it would do is if a political subdivision in the state passed an ordinance that violated the state preemption law, and halfway through a lawsuit, the political subdivision, the municipality, changed the ordinance to make the case moot, the case would have been suspended and the plaintiff would have had to pay costs. Well, all this bill does uh, would have, would, if it's signed into law by Governor DeSantis, who we are pressing him to sign it, is if a municipality tried to do that, the case would still go forward and they can't render the case moot. The second bill is simply allowing any religious institution that has a parochial school on its property, or if they rent or lease um, their space from a school, automatically they were originally listed on the gun-free zones in Florida. Now, this bill, if this is signed into law by Governor DeSantis, this would allow them to make that determination for themselves. So if the local Catholic church in my neighborhood, they have a private school on their property. If they wanted to allow their parishioners to carry a firearm for Sunday Mass and Wednesday Mass on their property, they would be allowed to make that determination. It wouldn't be an automatic ban by the state. So these are two good bills, but they're very minor especially when the fact that we have a Republican supermajority. There's 102 Republican lawmakers in Florida, in the House and Senate. And we also have a Republican governor again. And constitutional carry is not being passed. Campus carry is not being passed. Open carry is not being passed. Sanctuary bills aren't being passed. You have that in other states, but not Florida. And that's what that article was about. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we got we got open carry here in Idaho. I, I know that at... Uh yeah, I mean, uh, for one thing, though, when you look at the Republican Party as a whole, I mean, uh, I mean, lately, you know, we're starting to determine who are the rhinos and who are the elephants. So. Florida is one of five states in the country that doesn't have open carry. Yes. Yes. So, which is a, being a primarily Republican is a bit surprising, too. Not for us in the Sunshine State. The Republican Party here acts very much like Disney. They put a lot of hard work and effort into make-believe in costumes. And that's how the Republican Party here does it when it comes to freedom and liberty. They put a lot of hard work and effort to make people think they're free when, in fact, they're not. We don't even have unpermitted carry. The only way you could legally carry a firearm outside of your house in Florida is if you have a government permission slip, if you have a, con a concealed carry permit issued by the state. Other than that, there is no legal carry in Florida. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, so that, that, that raises a question then. I mean, well, what, like, uh, what about, uh, you know, obviously if you're, if you're going hunting you got, and you're driving a truck and you got a gun rack there, is, is that legal as long as you have a hunting license or is that, um, how's it, that work? It's only legal. If, it's only legal if you have a hunting license. You can legally possess a, a firearm in your vehicle without a concealed carry permit, but you can't carry it on your person. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, at the same time, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, good Lord. But. Yeah. No, I, I know where you're coming from. It makes sense from a legal standpoint. It doesn't make sense from a constitutional standpoint. Exactly. Exactly. I hate to say this, but that is all the time we have. I want to thank you very much for joining the show. And uh, 
before uh, we hit the music set coming up, uh, why don't you uh, please go ahead and uh, give uh, some information. If somebody wants to join uh, GOA or if they want to reach out to you, how can they do so? The best way they could join and reach out to me is they could go to gunowners.org slash join. It's $25 a year. You get added to our email uh, subscription list. With that, you will get your uh, alerts. Uh, our alerts for both federal and state uh, level issues. So if you're a Florida resident, for example, you will get every federal alert we send out involving Congress and the Biden administration and ATF. But you'll also get every alert that we send out for what's going on here in Florida and maybe even in your hometown. Because as the state director, I cover Florida and I cover everything in Florida. I am all over the state. Um, and after this legislative session, I am looking to do a whistle-stop tour across the state of Florida. I want to talk to as many GOA members and as many gun owners as a whole. I want to educate them. I want to get them politically active because starting next year, no more of us being taken for granted. The biggest problem that Florida has in terms of gun owners with, its, with the Republican Party is gun owners here are mostly politically apathetic, and the Republican Party takes that silence as approval. I want to change that. I want to make gun owners in Florida to be loud and proud. I want them to be active. But that can only happen when I have good people like you assisting me, and more importantly, your audience members, those in and out of Florida, taking an active part in their politics. Remember, everything in D.C. starts locally. The guy that's now the president at one point, he was just a local politician. Same thing with our members of Congress and everything else. So you guys have to get politically involved. Go to your city council meetings, go to your county commission meetings, go to your town hall meetings, go to your PTA meetings, go and become active. But again, to join GOA, go to gunowners.org slash join. It's only $25 a year, folks. I've spent $25 on far stupider things. $25 for a membership in GOA ain't stupid. It's a well-paid investment. I think uh, if you want, you can pay more too, which was what I did. I paid 100 so... Oh, by all means, we we gladly take donations. Absolutely. Well, uh, Lewis, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to wish you the best of luck uh, in uh, your endeavors there. And uh, you know, I should I ever come to Florida for a a hog hunt? I'll have to let you know because that that really piques my interest. Either that or a python. So. <laughs> I don't know about the python hunting. I haven't done that, but the hog hunt here is good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'll- I'll tell you what, if you come down here to go hog hunting, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little consideration. I'll let you use my python, my cult python, to go after the hogs. How about that? <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, God bless. Take care. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, the interview that I conducted with Luis Valdez of Gun Owners of America. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking to him again in the future for sure. Anyway, it is time to go to our next music set. Coming up, uh, we have Royal Bliss, going to be followed by Tex Westis, Prime Minister Pete Nice, and we have a twin spin. Yes, yet again, I told you we'd have one. And, uh... First off, we have Me First in the Gimme Gimmies, followed by Steve Hoffmeyer. They uh, both cover the John Denver classic, Take Me Home, Country Roads. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this. 
How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Defining, timeless class, but effortlessly informal. Live your life like it's out of a catalog. In an environmentally precarious area of biodiversity, seismic turbulence, and scarce resources, nothing makes more sense than building a French chateau with a 25-acre lawn in the desert. Fabulous views. Look down on people. Live the American dream. Residing in a man.
mansion waited on by immigrants who hate you. Windsor Real Estate. Real estate at the highest price imaginable. It's who you are.
Dr. Red Bassett, come on up and face the face and I'll meet you at the bar. Hey! I'll cut your belly off, you dirty rotten Red Bassett, you dirty rotten Red Bassett, you dirty rotten Red Bassett. It rubs the lotion on its skin and dust as it ever is told.
Southern West Virginia Blue Ridge Mountain Shenandoah River Life is older Older than the trees Younger than the mountains Blowing like a breeze Country roads Take me home To the place I belong West Virginia In South Africa, genocide of white people, black-on-white violence, is rampant and ongoing. The South African mainstream media has kept this genocide hush-hush, and South Africa's politicians have been silent about it. It's time for the silence to end. Enter USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. USAC Incorporated comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit USAC.center. That's U-S-A-C dot center. USAC, working to bring back a safe, truly unified South Africa. This is the Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Dookie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from. Two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you can catch the Renegade Show. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho want to indoctrinate Idaho kids from cradle to college, teaching them hate America propaganda that white people are inherently racist, gun rights are evil, and it's okay to swap genders. Idaho state representatives will vote soon on Senate Bill 1193 that would give $6 million to a leftist organization that teaches this nonsense to Idaho's youngsters. You can stop this. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org. 
Join the fight against Idaho Senate Bill 1193. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org Support Outlaw Radio and friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Show the world how much you love Outlaw Radio with Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including water purification by Berkey, delicious long-term storable food by My Patriot Supply, the new Eden nutritional support system, the Ionic toothbrush system, a better way to clean your teeth, the invisible mask, a negative ion generator that hangs from your neck like a pendant that mitigates incoming pollution, the high ion bio key quantum scalar energy pendant, EMF mitigating fabrics and clothing, and some really cool infrared night vision binoculars. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live. Entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Some of the best blends from around the world, including Serato and Grindhouse Brew. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, gear up, let's train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The song you just heard, you just heard a twin spin, a cover of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads. You heard uh, just heard the cover by Steve Hoffmeyer. Before that, you heard more of a punk Punk rock uh, cover uh, by Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Before that, Prime Minister Pete Nice with Rat Bastard. Before that, Tex Westis with Queen of My Own Heart. And starting off the whole set, Royal Bliss with Cry Sister. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a surprise for you. He's back. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Oh, my God. It feels so good to be back, Billy. <laughs> yes. feels good to have you back, and people don't have to listen to my third-grade-level reading. <laughs> yeah, they now get to hear someone with the fourth-grade reading level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that said, is it time? Oh, I've been waiting so long to say this. It is time. <laughs> This is Outlaw Radio. News of the Weird. From the Outlaw Radio newsroom, I am spanking your mama hard. But not too hard, because then it would be assault. She likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, depending on the night of the week. Yeah. Uh, and here, and ladies and gentlemen, we got some um, quite a lot of doozy shower thoughts for you this yeah, week. Let's let's get into them. All right. In the far future, grass could be put on the endangered species list. Nah. <laughs> 
Uh, napping on your stomach is considered a sign of laziness, while napping on your back implies you passed out from exhaustion. Okay. In my opinion, it's just, it, it really doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's just how the fat rolls, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's really all it is. It's it's fizzy, it's roll, it's uh, roll physics. That's how it is. Roll physics. Uh, Teaching memorization needs to be completely replaced by teaching information storage, retrieval, and verification. Okay. I think that person forgot something. Yeah, I was going to say that that didn't make a whole lot of sense there. (laughs) Uh, When you convey your order to a waiter You become the waiter Until your order arrives Yeah Makes sense Um, British people And people with similar accents Only pronounce R's When there aren't any (laughs) R's Yeah They are Uh Well, when well, I mean the one of the first dirty first erotic stories that I ever read when I was sixteen, I was wondering what arse meant meant, and I had to look it up on Google. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I mean, just make sure your parents aren't around when you type in arse on Google image search. Just make sure. Just make sure of that. Um, let me okay. A band-aid is either really clean or completely disgusting. And uh, you don't want to find one in your burrito at Taco Bell <laughs> as I there's a couple of people that I know that have. Oh yeah, I've I've heard of that. I've heard of those. Yeah. Or or a ban- or a band aid in a in a McDonald's sandwich. <laughs> uh, becoming a parent is literally sentencing someone to death. Hmm. Uh, that's that depends on the kid. I I have a feeling that the person that wrote that probably has a one of the kids that cries all the time. Um. Go fuck yourself and you do you have the same deno- denotation. Hmm. I, I don't know about that because, I mean, go fuck yourself, really. I mean, well, I mean, snakes, I mean, snakes, they reproduce spontaneously. And according to the Sopranos, they have both sex organs so they literally can go fuck themselves <laughs> yeah who'd have thought that I would actually ever learn something from the Sopranos um, pollen is tree sperm and allergies are the body's way of fighting off trees trying to rape you mm-hmm. I agree I agree um Let's see. An added perk of pants that isn't advertised 
is that the more you wear them, the comfier they get. Yeah. Uh, the whole artists aren't important dogma was probably started by some people trying to justify paying millions of artists designing damn near everything like shit. <laughs> um, having anal sex is you making a human body sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Turd burgers. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Apparently, um, I did not. I did not know this, but uh, Zero Hero One felt it needed to mention on in the shower thoughts that you can use your butt for sex. Oh, no shit. <laughs> I I I wonder if anyone replied to that as a comment. I'm uh, uh so, someone said all right some of the comments using the biological definition of sex this is incorrect. Another person said deep man. Uh another person but that's my no-no spot. <laughs> um, instructions unclear my arm got stuck in a vending machine <laughs> I'm gonna put that as a comment I'm, I just put in no shit in the comments there um, anal sex probably began with a drunken accident uh, uh, let's see. Do, <laughs> doing anal sex makes chocolate milk. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Excuse me, Lord, for saying that, but wow. Uh, and finally, people have no issue pausing between chapters in a book but will generally not watch a movie unless they can watch it all at once. <laughs> Me, I'm different because the thing is I could go the entire day without going to the bathroom, but you start a movie and get me into it. I have to go pee every five minutes. Now that's me when I'm drinking beer. I mean, I can't. I mean, I I can't go to a movie theater anymore. Or if I do, I I don't. I can't get a drink because it just goes right through you. Yeah, best not have anything. Make sure you're well, well hydrated before you go in the auditorium. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I can't. The thing is, I I don't. I I don't. I can't get a. I can't drink anything. And I can't get anything to eat. I mean, yeah, I could get something to eat, but if I eat something, I'm going to want to have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but, and so then we get in that dilemma. But yeah, I mean, last year when I was, I went to my cousin, my cousin's house to watch uh, the new Sonic movie. 
and I had to pee almost every 10 minutes. Uh, Chris, I've got to get a live reaction, though, real quick, too. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if you heard anything about this last UFC where uh, Chris Weidman fought Uriah Hall. Have you heard anything? No, I haven't. Okay, uh, take a moment, go to Google or YouTube, whatever your, your preference, and type in uh, Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall. See if you can find one of those short videos. Uh, the fight was Chris, only 17 seconds anyway. Chris Weidman injury versus Uriah Hall highlights? Yes. Posted to YouTube five days ago, okay. All right. There we go. Watching. What? Whoa! Oh! Oh! You know what was trending on Twitter after that happened? What? Hashtag his leg. <laughs> you know what? I mean, his leg literally broke. You know what? His foot. You know what, though? See, when he fought Anderson Silva, the same thing happened. A Anderson Silva threw a kick and broke his leg. Chris Weidman, being a dick, raised his hands in victory. If I was fighting, that that wouldn't... I'd, I'd ask for a no contest. I don't want to win that way. Uriah Hall at least was humble and said, I didn't win this fight. This, this yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, so that's karma for Chris Weidman right there. Yeah, Chris Weinman's a dick. Uh, and, and I'll say that to his face too. And I don't give a damn if he does kick my ass. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be an ass kicking that would be that would that would be uh, that I'd be proud of. <laughs> of course, I'd be proud to have Ronda Rousey kick my ass any day, but she's <laughs> pregnant now. So yeah, her and Travis Brown. But all I got to say is, finally, <laughs> they've been trying for, what, three years? <laughs> I mean, seriously, if you've been trying that long to get pregnant and you've been unsuccessful until now, uh, there, something doesn't check out. Yeah, <laughs> but of course, them getting ready for Doomsday, you know. Hey, yeah, maybe they just haven't been as busy as they probably need to in order to have a baby. Well, uh, I mean, this past year, I mean, hey, there's been plenty of time. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't know, did you get the vaccine? Yep. I just got my second uh -huh. dose this past Wednesday. Um, I just hope you're okay because I'm I'm not hearing good things. I won't get into that, but uh, I yeah I will say um, I did have a minor headache and I did feel a little blah, but Tylenol uh, took care of that right away. Yeah, I don't know. I I my whole thing is Chris. I mean, I in the past I was. I was around people that got the flu vaccine and they ended up getting sicker than they, they would if they were to have the actual flu. And I'm like, hell, I'm, I'd just rather take the flu if that's what's going to happen. 
And of course, I've already had COVID, so I'm just like, I'm not going to do this. Well, for COVID, uh, I mean, you are immune, but only for 90 days after you have COVID. I mean, it's the same with the common cold, though, too. You can catch that again, and you do catch that again. If yep. it, I'll cross that bridge if I get to it. Yeah, my my dad has uh, my dad had COVID back uh, in January, and um, I mean, and thankfully he only had a minor case, but that's only because they caught it early. Yeah, no. As for me, I mean, I didn't. I just didn't get that sick, you know. And I know other people haven't fared as well. I just, I, I was had a, I had a fever, sore throat. And a headache, and then I lost my sense of smell for about a full week. I couldn't smell a damn thing. Even when my wife decided to put me to the test and spray fart spray in the room. <laughs> and usually that, that stuff is so bad, it'll make me gag. It smelled like fucking rotten eggs, and I couldn't smell it. It's like, spray it all you want. I can't smell the fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually... Um, Funny you mention that. The beginning of this year, um, right after I had my nose, my sur- uh, surgery, I lost my sense of smell and taste. That's a funny thing. A lot of people lose their sense of taste. I didn't. I just lost my sense of smell. And it's not like a cold to where, you know, you're stuffed up and you can't smell anything. No, I could breathe clear as day through both nostrils and I could not smell anything. Well, the thing was... Uh, when I had my surgery and I lost my sense of taste and smell, it was mainly because I was breathing through my mouth. I had to breathe through my mouth because that was the only way I could breathe. So, and my tongue was raw. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that explains it. <laughs> yeah. That you do that long enough and it can kill your taste buds for a time being. Mm-hmm. It, yes. it sucked. It, yes. it not being able to taste anything sucked. Yes. Uh, Chris, I got to say, it's been damn good having you back. Um, but it feels good to be back, man. Yes. I've missed this. Yeah, even though even if we are pre-recording, we got we got to set it up to where, you know, we have more time during the week or something, you know, as, I, as I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we are just about out of time, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully we got you back next week, uh, pre-recorded or live. Most likely pre-recorded until I get some of these issues fixed. But I think we can work something out. Yeah, um, hopefully uh, next Saturday it might be uh, early. It it might be around mid-afternoon. I'm not sure. I'll have to check. But uh, for right now, but yeah, right now though, well, (laughs) actually next Saturday I might be free. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what I'm doing. I know the next interview is going to be pre-recorded because, yeah, on tap for next week. Um, this is what's on tap. I can't guarantee 100%, but uh, it's looking pretty good. Uh, I'm going to have uh, the lead singer of a band out of the UK that I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. Yeah, Bulldog got to talk to her when he was running her show. and I can't remember her name. Off the top of my head, I got to go back uh, through Facebook or Google, but it's the lead singer of a band I really like out of the UK called Scarlet Riot. And so they just released, they're getting ready to release a brand new album. 
So ah, awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to talking to her. And then also, uh, just don't, just don't ever, uh, interview Takashi 69, that dick <laughs> shit. Yeah. Also, I'm going to have a gentleman out of South Africa who's going to best explain to me how the gun laws and the gun control laws are working out of that country as well. Mm. So anyway, it is time to call it a night. I'm going to end the show with, of course, a South African band that people should be familiar with. It's uh, Seether when the, uh, featuring uh, our good buddy, Francois Von Koch, if you remember him. Yeah. And goodbye tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and we'll return next week. Later. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than Fresh Baked Tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out the Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No fucktards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like The Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. I've been told that black women aren't supposed to support the Second Amendment. I've been told I shouldn't want to be able to protect myself. I shouldn't teach my fellow students about their rights. And I shouldn't speak my mind. Thank God I didn't listen. To all those who have called me a sellout, an Uncle Tom, or a pawn for someone else, here's what should scare you. I never changed my beliefs. I woke up and realized that you don't represent them. You don't speak for me, and you don't think for me. I am not the victim you need me to be. And I'm talking to more women like me every single day. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy, the one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too, no matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be 
sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. like me Man, can't you see Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song The outlaw song George Jones Can't go wrong 